0: can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Wednesday morning. You know what that means. Yes, we bring on the legend, Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna.
1: I'm growing. I like legendary, but it kind of makes me feel old too, (laughs) right? And my kids probably agree with you, but I'm 47 (laughs) years young, and I'll I'll take legendary.
0: (laughs) Hey, you got... The beauty about real estate investing is you still got 50 years to go. Absolutely. I spoke to my
1: 95-year-old grandmother last night, and she's like, I'm 30 years old and a 100-year-old body. I'm like, I want to be like you.
0: Yeah, my hero. She's my hero. Always great to be here. Yeah, sometimes I feel like 30, and then sometimes I roll out of bed and go, why does my back hurt so much? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. It's crazy. Well, hey, one of the things I wanted to talk about with you is because you and I have been through the wars in real estate. We've got 20 some odd years doing deals all the time. We've been investing before and after the last crash. Lots of people are talking about a crash. We have people pointing at charts and graphs saying it's going to fall 30% next year because of this or that reason. So I just want to have an honest discussion with somebody who's been through it with me and talk about what could what could happen to a, I think blow up the bubble bigger and ultimately cause a true crash? Because as we talk today on it, I don't see any setup for a 30% fall next year, but there are things they could do uh, that would make it happen. So I'll, I'll stop there and see what you think.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think we've said this before. I don't anticipate a real estate crash. The people that are saying real estate's going to crash, um, I think are wrong, at least not with what we know today and where things are today. There could always be some other red herring event like we didn't expect this pandemic and it changed our outlook on what things happen Mm -hmm. but barring something else that's huge that's unforeseen that makes a huge impact that we can't see um we are still in an an environment in most of the country Mm -hmm. where there is still more demand than there is supply Mm -hmm. and as long as you have more demand for housing than there is supply for whatever factors influence that Mm -hmm. you're not going to have some big crash because that it's not at equilibrium yet. Right. So if you're at equilibrium and supply and demand are similar, that's what we call a stable market, right? Yeah. Yeah. So some markets in the country have better um, demand than supply. That means next year, values are going to still be high. They're not going to crash because you mm-hmm. have more demand than supply. Mm-hmm. Markets that are stable, it's probably going to remain fairly stable. Um, markets that are already hurting, where the supply is like more than the demand, we we like to pick on parts of California and New York City, for example, mm-hmm. that's probably going to get worse, because mm-hmm. if rates mm-hmm. go up and you can't incentivize people to come buy and increase the demand, as long as you've got a supply issue with too much supply, values will continue to come down. And I think in those markets, if taxes start going up and inflation hits, and there's rent controls, bye-bye investors, and bye-bye property values. That's the only thing that I can see really potentially being hit pretty hard is those kinds of areas.
0: Yeah, there are certainly some regional cities. And again, I always talk about do the work, learn your market. Yes. There are certainly some areas that could that could suffer. Uh, I don't think any market in, in you know outside of some red herring event or black swan event falls 30% next year. Real estate, generally speaking, even in cities... They don't, it doesn't fall that far that fast. Right. It makes a great headline. It scares people, but real estate's not crypto. Real estate's not a, a SPAC. It's not a tech stock. It, it, they don't, it just doesn't move that fast.
1: Right. And I think what happened, Michael, is people saw in 2008, mm-hmm. early 2009, certain areas really take a huge dip, but we're dealing with a completely different kind of issues today than we were there. Mm-hmm. When values were just crazy, and appraisals were maybe fraudulent, and <laughs> maybe moving, yeah, moving to certain areas too crazy. There's are certain areas that get really, really hot and are way out of line with with the heat and the prices from the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And if that happens rapidly for some artificial reason, then yes, you can have this big change. Um, and and you know, mortgage fraud was rampant.
0: Appraisal values came down because they weren't real. people were given loans they shouldn't have had on McMahon. Values don't go any more up or
1: down than about 10% from high to low in a market cycle. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about a bubble and what might cause it again, what I remember from last time, one of the things that you haven't highlighted that I'll highlight here was the artificial demand, right? Because it is a supply demand problem. Those last two years, because again, I started in 02. By 06, I was out of houses into apartments. 0506, or maybe it was 0607. Um, I was one of those markets. Fresno was number one two years in a row. So it got freaky fast. I got out. Affordability index saved me. And then it it fell 75% peak to trough, right? Wow. But that, again, that sounds bad, but it was five years in the making. Right. But it wasn't 75%. You know, percent in Q2. It was, you know, it was, it was a slow bleed for five years. Um, But where I was going with this is the other thing we could do is we could we could artificially goose demand. That's what happened last time. Is those last two years we you talked about um, mortgage uh, mortgage uh, liar loans and bad appraisals and all of that. The last two years it was fake, and we could do that again. Maybe I don't think we repeat the same idea where we give two-year loans and teaser loans and all of that, but we could say something like, you know what? Every first time buyer gets 20,000 bucks as a down payment. That would have the same impact. Um, That's, I mean, anytime we take people who should get a, a, I don't want to say no, but a not yet, you're not ready yet and give them a loan, That's recipe for pain in two or three years because owning real estate when you're not ready is expensive. Stuff breaks, taxes go up, stuff you may not be ready for. If you're not ready and then the government gives you or banks give you essentially the seed capital and you get in and you're not ready, you're in trouble. Yeah,
1: and I I think to your point, as much as I, I don't think we're where we were then, and that's what people really fear when they think this 30%, But to your point, being supply and demand, because people overcomplicate it, right? It's all supply and demand. I mean, values are driven by supply and demand. And when you have more supply than demand, values come down. Mm -hmm. When you have more demand than supplies, Mm -hmm. values go up. So just at that fundamental level, um, we can kind of look at where is supply and where is demand. I do believe that because of all this money that's been pumped in the system, We've seen artificial demand again, because a lot of people have money for a down payment they never would have had before. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to pay their rent. They didn't have to pay mortgage, right? They're stocking up money, you know, made a bunch of extra money on unemployment for some. So there has been this artificial demand based upon getting extra money every month in our pockets, whether we need it or not. And rates have been so low that when you have really low rates, Easier to get loans right now if you have any stability, again, Mm -hmm. and extra cash. Yes, that's some artificial boosting of demand. Our prices have gone up, but given as much artificial ability to boost demand, they haven't gone up as outrageous as I would have think they would have. Mm -hmm. Not compared to the rest of inflation. So yes, we're increased, but is it increased so much, 20 or 30 percent? That equilibrium is falling 20 or 30% down, not in a nation that still has a housing shortage problem mm-hmm. in most areas.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about supply. I mean, we right now, everything I look at is the demand side. Still demand exceeds supply. Anything, in my opinion, anything the government does would be to help demand because they really can't help supply. They're not builders of homes. Right. Is there do you see anything on the supply side that could come out of nowhere and double or triple? supply? I mean, I I don't
1: know. No, because everything that I've been looking at is in most of the country, there are still less housing units available than there is demand for housing units, whether Mm -hmm. it's apartments, single family, it doesn't matter. If you go to the southeast and parts of the southwest where a lot of population is moving, Mm -hmm. they're years behind supply versus demand. So even if the the contractors go in and start building a ton of housing, it's going to take them three or four years or more, and depending on the state, just to build enough units to meet the demand that there is today. If you're investing in those states, you're in a good place, Mm -hmm. right? Again, though, we talk about the one place I really kind of worry about, and maybe I should be foresighted enough to go, when it crashes, I'm going to buy there. But as I look at New York City, you know, New York Mm -hmm. City, had a mass exodus um, and they're talking again about raising taxes on the people that are left. Well, the people that have the money to pay the taxes, they're leaving um, because there's also rent controls. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. were heavy, heavy tenant friendly, landlord not friendly, couldn't (laughs) evict people. um, And they're talking about more real estate taxes, more personal taxes. And when people are leaving and you already have more supply than demand, and then you say, we're going to even make it harder on you to make money, we're going to increase your expenses and can't let you increase income. I don't see how those values don't continue to crash. I don't. I could be wrong, but that's the only kind of area I say, if things are struggling and you're in an area with hyper supply and then you add taxation and then you add rent controls, because those are two big far left policies tax more tax more the rich make housing affordable hurt you know hit the big bad landlords don't let them raise rents well they're they're doing those things and look at yeah. the result yeah. so if yeah. more of that comes in any area to an extreme where there's an equilibrium or slight hyper supply i think in those areas you could see some real you know some much more rapid de- depreciation in values
0: yeah I think there's also things like New York City and San Francisco, San Francisco, you're also suffering from a uh, a sudden growth in uh, organized crime to, you know, theft in retailers and breaking in cars are off the charts and it's not, people are not feeling safe. So you're seeing an exodus uh, from San Francisco uh, for, for m- much of the same reason. The other thing I want to do highlight again, just talking about what could cause a bubble or cause it to pop is, is, is let's not forget what's going on in China, right? What happened in china is the government basically came in and now is punishing um property developers which is having a cooling effect on all property owners so if our government came in with some kind of rules or laws again i'm not calling for this but if they did that somehow hurt home ownership or they made it less attractive to own homes or maybe they created a flat tax or something across the board. Right. They could come in and, and create some artificial cooling. Again, not calling for that, but right. again, government intervention into a a system is is not usually helpful. So that that could happen too.
1: Yeah, and I think there's more legislative risk right now as landlords than we've, that we've ever had to really think about and anticipate. You yep. know, before we would just invest regardless. Again, of of your personal politics, you're going to invest in more landlord friendly, which tend to be more conservative which tend to keep your taxes down. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're, you're, you're always gonna have the ability to kind of raise rents as you can and, and control expenses enough to control values. But at a federal level, we've seen so much of the Fed government, you know, regardless of party that you're in, say, we're going to protect the people from the landlords, contracts don't matter, you're you know it doesn't matter like
0: don't damn the constitution
1: yeah exactly and since we've seen that nationwide and and state by state um we have to realize they want more of that potentially if things if things stay bad Mm -hmm. we have to think about that and then the final thing that i'll just throw out there and we talk about inflation a lot but we it 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 goes without saying right Mm -hmm. is that Right now, we're seeing mass inflation, um, just like we thought would happen when all this money printing was happening. We're now at 40 year high inflation. So, Mm. most of my higher than it's been in most of my lifetime, right? So, if inflation continues to get out of control and the Fed can't cool things down, at can't raise rents enough to keep up with all the inflation because at some point people may not be able to pay. Investors like to say, "Well, our asset values will go up, our rents will go up." Yes, they will, but at some point people cry uncle; they can't do it anymore. So, if inflation really went into hyperinflation, I think value—it would take some time because of supply and demand—but I think values could start to come down. Um, I don't think the Fed will let us go into a super hyperinflationary environment much more than they are today. So I anticipate rates are going to go up and that'll cool the demand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll stabilize, but I don't think it's going to crash the
0: yeah. economy. No, and again, we're talking, and again, I've defined what a crash is at 30% because that's what others are calling for. It's not going to happen. I don't think there's a single market across the country that falls 30%. The market I invested in, again, fell 75%. I know what it's like. I know what it feels like. That took five years, right? Yeah. So again, um, people that look at charts and say, Hey, look at the chart. It, it, real estate's not a stock. You can't try. And it's just, it's comical to think about, but anyways, yeah. no, uh, there are things that could cause a bubble. Uh, I don't see any of that set up right now. We have real lending. We have 98% 30 year fixed. We have 24% of loans under 3% mortgage. Wow. That is crazy. Amazing. Got, that. Got that from black Knight this morning. So Anna, how can people follow you and get part of your world?
1: Right. You can follow us every single Wednesday here. My favorite place to be with y'all. And you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, Anna Kelly, REI mom. Um, And my website's reimom.com.
0: That's awesome. Give her a follow check it out. She's doing some amazing stuff. Thanks, Anna.
1: Thanks, Michael.